You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right. Well, welcome back to another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Stuff. I'm Stephanie Menard. I am Tom Hutchison. Pay no attention to the cat ears. I am still the big dog. <laughs> Since y'all get to see us for the first time, this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's how you normally do it. Normally, I'm in a studio. <laughs> yes. I'm not in my kitchen, but, you know, <laughs> that's how it goes these days. <laughs> not <Yeah>. much choice. <laughs> so this so- is, uh, assuming this is all working, this is our first live uh, video broadcast. We've done this live podcasting for I don't know, six months or so, but, um, now you all get to get invited into the kitchen with us. And, uh, if you're, if you're watching, we're going to try and, and kind of watch the feed as well on podcast Detroit. If you guys have questions along the way, feel free to jump in. Yeah. I said, I wasn't going to go on Facebook, but now I have to go on Facebook so that I can look at that. <laughs> I'm, having, well, I, I'm having a no Facebook day. You know how sometimes everybody's just like, there's just so much garbage on there and oh, sure. it just, you know, it just drags the soul down into the gutter and I'm just not feeling that today. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go on Facebook and I've done really well, but now I have to go on podcast Detroit. Oh, darn. Well, I've, I've shared it out to my peeps. Uh, we'll see if any of the BDI people uh, show up and, and harass us. Otherwise we will just do what we do and follow the rabbit hole. So wherever we go, which is kind of the general format for this show, pick a yeah. topic and then uh, find where all the threads lead. Exactly. Um, well, why don't we start off with um, talking about the princesses versus zombies uh, Kickstarter yeah. that you've been going on right now? Because, I mean, you guys were funded in an hour. I mean, I knew that you would get funded the first day, like, you know, pretty quick. But like an hour is really good. Yeah, And you guys, I mean, your first day, you just killed it. I mean, you've been killing it since then, but it was a really good first day. It was a good first day. It was here. Here's the weird part about this campaign. It was not our best first day ever. And yet by day, let me get my notes. By day two, we were already uh, ahead of pace of our best campaign ever, which was Penny for Your Soul 7. So by day two, we were already ahead of the game, even though our first day was not our best day ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and since then we've just been piling it on and it's just been absolutely insane. I mean, we've unlocked 12 stretch goals. Um, We crossed over 24,000 last night in our first Saturday. That's seven. It was like 10 days. Um, It's, it's crazy what's going on with this campaign. And uh, I can't really figure out, how to quantify it outside of a few just obvious variables. Um, Not the least of which is, and this is what I told a lot of Kickstarter uh, colleagues earlier in the year when all of this stuff started going down and they, they had spring Kickstarters going on and they all dropped out or, or I should say 95% of them dropped out. I was like, y'all are crazy because if you're watching Kickstarter, number one, the ones that are there are funding. Now they might be not be funding by a lot, but they're funding. Even the weird little things are all funding. I mean, the, the percentage went way up. And mm-hmm. while that percentage was going way up of funding, at the same time, the percentage or, or the amount of um, uh, campaigns that actually were live was decreasing significantly. And by the time I launched, there were 125 campaigns on Kickstarter. 
which is about a hundred less than there usually is, which means I got extra eyeballs just because I was there. Um, and, and so that's clearly factor number one, because I'm, I'm definitely seeing a lot of names that I've not seen before. So I'm getting people that are just finding me randomly. Um, and part of, and then that goes into the other elements, which is, well, it's a zombie thing. People like zombies and it's a princess thing. Disney folks are going to latch onto it, you know, based on the imagery and and we're going to get people there too. So, um, you know, it's a, it it was a, it was a, a three headed dragon that, that every head did its job, I think. Um, but, uh, it, it still is really amazing to see it happen. And, and thank you for all the 400, nearly 450 backers in 10 days. Heck yeah, man. It's awesome. Yeah. I figured we'd just start off with that. Get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And so we've, we've got like two, 15, you know, 16 days left. Yeah. And so if you haven't, ple- if you, if you haven't pledged, if you haven't backed, if you don't even know what it is, just go to kickstarter.com, look up princesses versus zombies, and you will see all of the insanity that is going on for, for about another two and a half weeks. Yep, I got my uh, my Marta cover that I wanted, so I'm Ooh. happy. Yeah, yeah, we have four 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 reward levels are already sold out. Two more are on the verge of selling out. It's crazy. Well, congratulations, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hats off to you. I'm not wearing a hat, but hats off to you. <laughs> We're having a good time. Oh, We're having man. a good time. Yeah, I was good. Um, I was one of those people who pushed my Kickstarter. I, granted, um, there were some production issues that were keeping my book from getting finished on time. Sure. So it made sense to me because I don't like to run a Kickstarter unless I have the book almost done. Like basically, if it's not going to be done by the time the Kickstarter's done, I'm not running a Kickstarter. And we've talked about this. I just, yep. I, I don't like making people wait. So I would rather wait to bring it to Kickstarter. Sure. That's just my thing. Plus with everything else going on, it just felt for me, it just made sense. Um, but you know, I'm planning on getting mine out there as soon as we're close to finishing, which will hopefully be soon. And we'll talk about that in two weeks. So, cause it might be around that time. <laughs> oh, like so soon, soon. That's good. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Robert Nugent is sending me like pages of colors every day. Like he's kicking it. He's kicking it out fast and he, but good though. Fast, but good. It's <laughs> good. good. That's that's important. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I know you've been, you know, running your Kickstarter, so that's been taking up a lot of your time, but have you watched anything good uh, the last couple of weeks or like anything that you would recommend that people get out there and watch? Man, no, honestly. I mean, I'm, I mean, I've watched stuff, but it's usually junk. Uh, I, I, I tried <laughs> to watch, I tried to watch the new Hellboy. I couldn't get through it. I turned it off halfway through. I tried to watch. Oh God, I don't even remember what it was. Something else that I watched. I was like, well, people like this. I couldn't get through it. Um, I, I just, I just reverted back to the Blu-ray collection. I mean, it's just, I, I know what, what, uh, I know what works for me. So uh, all this new stuff, all this Tiger King nonsense and everything. This is like, I don't know what you guys are doing. This is all wrong. Everything here is wrong. So uh, I just reverted backwards. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> going the wrong way i'll tell you this i did now community i don't know if you watch community so this might be a sword spot for you the, the tv show community um it came on netflix i recently 
I had never really seen it. I had watched a couple episodes just randomly because um, I had yeah. been with friends. But I was like, okay, we'll try this because I like Parks and Rec. You know, I like The Office and it's basically the same thing, kind of. Um, and so I was like, this, this should work for me. Uh, I was so insanely bored through like the first 15 episodes of, of season one. I was like, what is this? This is the <laughs> dumbest thing maybe ever. It doesn't make any sense. These characters are all terrible. What's happening? And then I started to, to crack a few laughs and I was like, oh, okay, maybe they found their, their stride. And as they got into season two, I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. You, you've got my interest. Something's going on. Show me what you got. And then we got to the end of season two and into season three. And I'm like, I'm never watching this again. This is all stupid. Um, it, 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 every the, every bit of it, all the concepts of it, just fell completely apart for me, um, and so community is out the door. I'm done. I'm going back to. I'll just watch The Office again if I'm going to do this. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's funny because a lot of people compare it to The Office or Parks and Rec, but I don't see that. And I watched. I've watched all of Community. Yeah. Um, I'm not like one of those people who's obsessed with it. I think without Troy and Abed that show wouldn't have been good. Um, they just crack me up because they're so weird and I like weird. Sure. So that worked for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, like most of the other characters, it's not that I didn't like them. I just didn't care. And if totally. you it, yeah, if you don't care, it's like, well, okay. Why am I watching? This? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, would, I, I, would I, would I date Brie Larson? Of course. But you know, I don't need to watch her on TV like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, She's obviously, and she's a great actress too. And sure. I love her and a lot of other stuff. Um, well, she's in that glow show on, on uh, Netflix, which I love. Yeah. And she's married to uh, the Frank, the younger Franco brother. They've been married apparently for like forever. Okay. Which I found out the other day and was like, that's it. I mean, it makes sense. Cause they're both like really good looking. <laughs> oh, they're going to make some like really cute babies, but we're just playing. We're just playing genetic genetics here now that's that's all life is it's just yeah. uh, the beautiful people get the beautiful people and uh you know and that's it and then they hopefully make beautiful babies but sometimes they don't because that you know <laughs> that that random ugly gene just like pops in there and <laughs> whoops <laughs> just saying uh, so we have a, actually a comment. Burton Steele is a, uh, a, a fan of ours at Big Dog Inc. And he says, agree, Troy and Abed are, are great. And season three, he says, went off the rails. So I guess I'm not seeing it just on my own. Some other folks have uh, yeah. are agreeing with it. That's, now, again, I've also been told that, that at once Chevy Chase leaves, the show, again, sort of changes course. And, and that's kind of when it picks up and goes. But honestly, there's so much to yeah. watch that I just don't have time to you know, throw down with a show that I'm not, you know, fully involved in. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Cause like one of the shows that you really, really love, I cannot stand and what I do not that? find funny at all. What is it? And I'm sorry. It's that 70s show. Oh my God. I this show's is over. Is so Turn boring. it off now. Turn it off. It is so corny. Of course it's corny. It's the 70s. Sorry, dude. It's supposed to be. <laughs> it would but like not but it's not I don't find that kind of humor entertaining. I found it like over the top and annoying. So like I get why other people like it, but it's just not for me. I'm not insulting people for liking it. I sure. just 
I don't find it funny. I find it annoying. <laughs> so it's, it's, that's me. I, I think for me, it's, and I totally get what you're saying because you're not wrong. Um, but I think for me, the seventies was, I mean, I was like, by the time I understood what, where I was in life, it was the seventies, late seventies. And I was like six and seven and whatever. So I was still enjoying what was going on and then rolling into the eighties. So for me, the nostalgia is super high for, for the time period. And that's one of the biggest draws for me, but I, I totally get what you're saying from, from the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everything's for everybody and that's no. just how it is. And of course. I don't judge people for what they like. Don't judge me for what I like and we'll be good. <laughs> everybody will be fine. There will be no fist fighting. Like what you like and be happy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched uh, a Netflix movie called The Platform and people were like, oh, this movie is like really good. So I watched it and I didn't think it, I'm just going to say that like, you're expecting it to be one thing and then it's kind of like another thing. And it's like, kind of like the, it's like listed almost like as a horror movie, but it's more like, yeah, there's gore and like, there's, you know, stuff like that, but it's more of like a political statement. And I found the ending like very unsatisfying. I don't know. Like I know a lot of people liked it. I did not. I watched the whole thing, though. I did not turn it off, and I really wanted to, but I watched it. I'm pretty sure the only reason I pay for Netflix anymore at this point is so that I can keep watching the Dave Chappelle specials, and that's about it. I, I'm so uh, – there, there was a time when Netflix was making a lot of really good stuff, and that just seems like it has drifted off now. Um, you know, Orange is the New Black is gone. Um, you know, Glow is okay. We're going to get one more season of that. Um, I, I can't even remember what this, I, I remember when the dark crystal was coming on last year and I was so hyped about the dark crystal and I couldn't even get through one episode. I was so bored with it. So, um, Netflix is hanging by a thread for me. Um, and right now that thread is Dave Chappelle. Well, my problem is, is that like, when I like something that's on there, as soon as it comes out, I watch it. So it's yeah. like after two days, like I've watched the newest season of whatever, um, you know, like Russian Doll, I watched that like in two days. And that, that only has one season, but it really, really great show if you've never seen it. Um, you know, like uh, like with Glow, like when Glow came out, I like I binged it. It was done in two days. Anything new, like as new seasons come out, like it's just it, it's there and it's gone so fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's been so rumors excited. that. Yeah, there's there's rumors that Netflix is actually going to change their system and actually make it so that it's like a weekly thing. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine them changing that system, but who knows? Maybe. That would be um, probably good for me, but also annoying. Yeah, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm I'm so into the binge mindset. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like that's the only reason I got through so much community was because I could just leave it on while I was doing other things. Otherwise it would have been like two episodes, you know, like wait a week, wait a week. I'd be like, no, this I'm out. This is not, this isn't good. I'm not waiting for it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you, I think Netflix is in a unique position with their binging stuff. Um, and I, I can't see it changing. I just hope that they make better things. Like, did you watch that Dracula thing that they put on? That was just, that was terrible. I watched the first two of like the three or four parts. Uh, then just stop right there. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't finish it. 
because I, like I get what they were going for, but it it wasn't enough to capture like to keep me entertained. I love the mythos of Dracula. I love that they're playing with the whole thing. Like it's fun to take something and change it up, but it has to still be entertaining. And I just felt like it was really slow. Very slow. Um, and I, I can handle slow if I get enough payoff. Yeah. And after two episodes, there was just not enough payoff. So I kind of went. Well, there, uh, there's only one episode left. And man, when you want to talk about going off the rails, I mean. <laughs> and, and, and ultimately, there was no, when it was finished, there was ultimately no payoff. Like the entire series of three episodes, which is basically three movies because they're like an hour and a half long. Um, uh-huh. the entire show was basically why is, why is Dracula afraid of the cross? Like that was really the underlying, there was all of this stuff going on, but basically it was always, dude, what, what's with the cross? What's with the cross? What's with the cross? And when you get to the end of the show and you find out what's with the cross, you're just like, what? You're just shaking your head. No, no, no. <laughs> so just don't. I, okay, just I'm don't. Not gonna do You've that. seen the best of it. Don't even worry about what's next. Don't even worry All about right. it. Yeah. We're good. I'm going yeah. to skip it. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of uh, Zoom chats with people. And this yep. is going to kind of segue into like we're the, the whole convention thing that we were talking about um, before we, we came on air. So, sure. you know, as we all know, conventions are canceling left and right. It's obviously the smart choice. You know, we're in a pandemic. We do not need to be at conventions. We need to stay home and be safe. So not complaining about canceling shows because it's a necessity um, and it's super, uh, it's super important. Now, one of the things that I found, I mean, A, just because we're stuck at home and B, you know, we're so used to, at least for myself, I do at least one convention a month, usually sometimes two two to four. I mean, it just depends on the month. Yeah. So I'm constantly getting to see my convention friends, you know, like all my artistic people, and they refill my joy for working in comics. And it's been really, really hard um, to continue to stay focused on, you know, moving forward. Not that I'm not doing it, but it, it, it makes it a lot harder. And I found that... Um, if I've gotten a lot of my um, creator friends on zoom chats and sometimes like the first time we did one, people were like drawing, we were all just chatting and catching up and it made a world of difference. So creators reach out to your con family, get a zoom together and just talk to each other and fill each other back up with that passion. Cause people need it right now. Yeah. <laughs> We did a, we did a two hour, it was like two hours with me and Steph Wilson the other night on, on, we were talking about princesses versus zombies, but we went off on, we were into Jaws and, and Godzilla. I mean, we just went again, it was sort of like what we do here. It just kind of went all over the place, but it was two hours and, and people are just hanging out with us, listening to us shoot the breeze. And, uh, you know, we all had a good time. Which is good. And I think that, you know, it, it's not the same, but it'll do in a pinch, you know, it's better than, uh doing the same old thing every single day and not getting to see those people that you get to see during the con season or yeah. whatever. So yeah. just throwing that out there, people get in touch with your con fam. They miss you. I miss them. Well, and so interestingly, like I did the, I did our, 
Hi, sorry, I'm I'm here and I have something relevant to the discussion. Um, uh, so I did. Uh, I, we did our first virtual con this weekend. Uh, PenguinCon was supposed to be uh, this weekend at the Southfield Weston, and obviously it was canceled. And they decided to go virtual with it. And so, like, we still wound up doing about ten panels. Uh, we still did, you know, obviously all via Zoom. Um, you know, people were still throwing like room parties via Zoom that we were, you know, still doing all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't as great as actually being at the con and like and hanging out and seeing all those people and that kind of stuff. But just being able to interact with people that way was uh, just awesome. I mean, it, it was it was hand. It's it to your point. It's needed you absolutely need that right oh yeah yeah it's uh it's a hard time out there for you know and it's not just me i've talked to a lot of people and we're all missing like people that don't work in this business and do conventions they don't understand like yes it's a lot of work and we've talked about that before but that's like the one like the few times a year i get to see certain people will be it you know like two conventions a year, I get to see this person. And then at this convention, I get to see this person. So yes, we're all connected by the internet, but those in-person um, conversations and getting to catch up and network and do all that, it's, uh, it's, it's really special. So it's kind of hard. I'm like missing that, you know, definitely yeah. not missing the long hours, but I'm missing, <laughs> I'm missing my friends. <laughs> That, you know, that's the but, thing about the cons. It's like, um, I don't think any of us miss. Also with all these. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't think any of us miss the, the travel and, and the setup and the breakdown. And, and, you know, none of us miss any of that. But, uh, you know, yeah. having those few days of, <laughs> of being able to wander from table to table and just see people that are, you know, from, from basically around the country or the people that are you know, the creative side, too. Heck yeah, man. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but so the downside, though, of the other downside of the not getting to see our convention family is that um, with these conventions canceling, now some of them, um, you know, when they've canceled, they haven't um, given a new date yet. Right. So they've refunded tables for people, which is really, really cool. Um, and obviously much needed for, you know, there are people struggling out there right now and some conventions are now, and I don't know um, the specifics behind the reasoning. Um, I just know that some of them aren't able to give out refunds and are just like rolling stuff over to the next year or, um, and for somebody like me, who's, I've done a lot of conventions, but like these bigger shows where I'm spending like, two or three times as much for a table and then being told basically that I have to fight for a refund. If I want one, I'm trying to understand a little bit better from the convention side, like what, um, and we talked a little bit about this before we got on air. Um, and you know, a little bit more about it than I do. So for, for other people like that are in the same boat as me that are kind of going like, what, why would I not be able to get a refund? Why would I have to just, have it roll over um what would you say to them well i would say first off look at your contract because your contract will tell you what your options are uh it, it'll be spelled out like you get a refund if this happens or you know whatever so look at your contract first and and i can't tell you what these contracts say so uh because i haven't done a show in almost a year uh so um 
you know, the verbiage might have changed and so on. But first look at that because they often will say things that will be, you know, certain periods of time ahead of time. Like if you cancel within 30 days, sometimes you can't get a refund. But, you know, if you're talking about Heroes Con, that's like June. So you're way out. Um, so that's, that should be plenty of time, but, um, you know, any con that's being like, well, we can't pay you back because we were cash strapped. That's partially because that means that they're getting hosed on their end, probably because the, what the convention center that they've paid for might not be kicking back. Um, you know, who knows? It, it may be that they had some stars that aren't kicking back their appearance fees or, you know, whatever. So there is definitely the thought process of, uh, you know, they have problems on their end, but I would not, and this is not just a kick at Heroes Con, I would not at all be surprised if they are just trying to save that money and just be like, look, we'll just have it in our pocket until next year, um, give everybody their table next year and whatever. And I think that that's fine. Like, I think they should offer that. I think they should say, hey, Steph, if you just want to come back next year, you're locked in. Like, you're done. There's nothing you need to do. Um, right. A lot of these shows, you have to be vetted. There, there's space issues and so on. So if they're just going to say, look, whatever 2020 was going to be, that's just what 2021 is going to be. I think that should be an offer to the creatives. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, you know, a lot of folks need their money right now. And and four or 500 bucks for a table, that would go a long way uh, for, for sustaining a creative person for the next month or two. Uh, while all this chaos is happening and, and we can't do cons. And, and, and if we can't do cons, then we need to be figuring out how to still create and, and sell and market um, without them. And, and that's where things like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and, and, uh, and even live you know, sales and chats and stuff uh, come in. But yeah, if you're getting hosed by, by a show, step one is just read your contract. There will be a refund section somewhere that will tell you what their rules are. And then once you understand their rules, they, then you can kind of take the next step and, and, you know, get a little more aggressive if you need to. Perfect. And yeah, like, I just, there was something I wanted to bring up just because it's something that I've never experienced. So yeah. I'm like, you know, it's, it's a good time to ask those questions because, you know, sometimes I, I still had things happen to me that I've never experienced before. Huh. And I like to be educated and not just jump to conclusions. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that is fair. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are are new to this. I mean, you've been doing this for a while, but you're still kind of new. I mean, you really have only done some local things for yourself that you haven't really branched out outside of uh, uh, Detroit area, Michigan area too much. Yeah, like um, the tri-state area is yeah. pretty much, but like that's, yeah. And this is the year that I was branching out. I was like, <laughs> going to go all over the place and then COVID shows See? up like hell is, no you're not yeah this was all stephanie's fault we were fine until she decided she wanted to travel yeah it's Man. me i did it <laughs> stephanie I 19 Jeez. i wouldn't be surprised with my luck <laughs> this was gonna be my year <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i mean and this year was my 10-year anniversary so i had some plans i mean we weren't gonna go back crap crazy but there were definitely some plans to get back out and hit some places like New York and so on. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all that's gone, but with, with Kickstarters and with, with my live shows that I do every Wednesday on Facebook, um, you know, I've really replaced those shows almost easily. And then, I mean, again, I don't want to like tear down the cons because they're fun and I know people love to go and so on and so on. But, um, yeah. from a creative standpoint and from a, a, 
you know, means to go to these shows standpoint, the money for the travel and the hotels and whatever, um, I've replaced the cons. I've re- I've just literally replaced the cons. Now, obviously we can't go to dinner together. We can't, you know, shake hands. We can't take pictures, you know? So there's all the social elements of it, but from right. just a creative, uh, sales staying relevant side of it, um, I've replaced the conventions and, um, you know, even going into next year when things might be getting back to some aspect of normal, uh, I still will probably only be doing about five a year. Right. And we talked about this on like a couple of times, actually, since all this has kind of happened and, um, you know, finding alternative ways to, to make up for the sales that you would make at conventions. And I think, you know, I think it was, we talked about this last show, um, you know, how doing these things online, it's going to replace a lot and it, and it's been working for a lot of people. Um, there's been a ton of online conventions, um, that people have been taking part of and doing really well at people, uh, certain companies are doing like live auctions. Uh, you know, you've got the, the artist alley network where people come on and they, you know, draw or talk about their products and people come on and they buy stuff. So I think it's a, you know, and there's a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, things are never going to go back to normal. And I'm like, well, some of these things probably shouldn't go back to normal. That's correct. We've discovered, you know, that we've discovered that there are other opportunities and tools and better ways to do certain things. So why would things going back to normal change all these good new things that we're learning. Yeah. You know, know, I'm all for, you know, doing all the, the positive things. Yeah. Tech technology always takes us to whatever's next. I mean, and that's just been the history of everything is eventually technology reaches a point where it affects whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, just putting putting cameras in your phone was changed everything for us. You know, you didn't have to have a camera and a phone. And, you know, all of a sudden these these phones are computers. Um, you know, on and on and on and on. You reach a point where things just become. You know, I don't want to say irrelevant because again, the cons have value. I mean, it's us meeting people. It's oh, yeah. us meeting new people, which is really the key because while we can grow online through these groups. Um, we are mostly still just talking to the people that already know about it. So the cons have value in that, look, here's 10,000 people that just walk past your booth, catch as many of them as you can and, and put them on your email list. And, like and Pokemon. You know, it is, it's Pokemon. You people are Pokemon to us. That's, that's what you have to know. We're trying to catch you all. Um, so there's definitely value in, in going can out I and doing those Snorlax? things. <laughs> I'm a Snorlax. I just want to, I just want to get fat and sleep. Can I do that? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to like not become while I'm in quarantine. Yeah. I oh. hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. That's hard, man. Uh, but yeah, technology has made things, you know, and, and thank God for technology because right now with, you know, the state of the world, we're, we're learning that all these people can they, they can telecommute, they can work from home and it's right. working. Um, it's saving. I mean, it's good for the environment because I yep. mean, the emissions from cars are like, you know, the air is like the purest it's been in forever. Um, you know, there's all these benefits to a lot of these changes that have kind of been forced upon us. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, for creators such as ourselves, um, you know, doing something online 
the cost to do something like that is so much less than, like you said, traveling, you know, your booth set up, have, you know, getting everything you have to pay for while you're at a convention, a hotel or whatever. It, it makes fiscal sense to use technology to your advantage. Of course. So, I mean, even, even when we were at shows, we did one show this year, it was Albuquerque Comic-Con. Uh, even when we were at a show, we still went live and sold to the people that couldn't be at Albuquerque Comic-Con. I mean, everything yeah. is changing. And if you're one of the folks that's just like, well, we want it back to normal, you're not going to get normal. You're going to get a new normal. It might resemble the old normal, but everything yeah. is going to be going to start changing. Um, whether it's cons, whether it's retail, whether it's every, I mean, I know so much that I can't talk about right now. Um, <laughs> but everything is changing dudes and dudettes. I mean, it's all going in a different direction. Um, how much it's going to parallel the original normal. We don't really know yet because it's, it's all just starting, but, um, there's a lot, a lot of changes from, from distribution to retail to, you know, the, just the creative side of it. Uh, and you just yeah. kind of need to run with it. I mean, stop fighting it and run with it. Find your place in the new normal, especially for the creator side. Those of you that are creators, writers, whatever, uh, artists, I mean, it's, it, you can do everything that you can do at a con from your home on your phone. You can take commissions. Yeah. You can talk direct with people. You can do everything except for shake their hand and take a picture. So, you know, <laughs> really think about that for a second. Um, and, uh, and when we come out of this, you know, towards the end of the year uh, and we go into 2021, um, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, at least subtle changes that are going to grow into larger ones. Absolutely. And I think um, another one of the, um, the outcomes of all of this, because, and we've talked about this a million times too, but I have to bring it up again. You know, there's just so many conventions now that we've reached right. the point, where, you know, it's saturated. And I feel like that's going to be like, it's going to be like calling the herd. Like, you know, it's so many of these conventions are not going to come back next year because, you know, they were either like only around for a year or two. And then this happened and, and the cost of it, you know, I feel like next year we're going to see a lot less conventions period, sure. um, which I'm good with because they have more value if there's less of them. That's hundred percent. So, right. hundred percent. The time. Right. And, and you know, it's like the time and the effort that people put into going to do these shows. If there's 8 million shows a year versus a hundred, you know, you know, you know how that all works. So yep. it's, yeah, yeah, my guess is next year, we're not going to see nearly as many conventions and uh, I'm good with that. And uh, I really hope that we as a community continue to like be innovative and, and find new ways to, you know, talk to our fans and our friends and, and just get our work out there on our own terms. Yeah. The, the creators that embrace the change and really see, how it's working, where it, where it's going, they're going to be fine. Uh, there are still people that it just boggles my mind that I talk to them and they're like, yeah, man, I can't wait to get my stuff into diamond. And I'm like, dude, what? That's, that's a decade ago. You needed to get into diamond. Like that's, that doesn't matter anymore. Um, diamond is now marketing and, and very little else, because even if you're in diamond, you're not going to be making 10,000 sales. I mean, you don't have 
a licensed product that anybody understands what it is. You might right. be selling a couple thousand units like a lot of these small press places are, um, but there's no profit in that. There's no money in that. All that is is a marketing expense. And that's fine because it's that is a key element. You get into stores. It is a marketing thing, but you have to treat it as what it is. And these guys are treating it like it's the ultimate goal. Like, oh, my God, I made it into Diamond. Uh, that should, that, that like, doesn't matter. Well, and, yeah, and for like, again, we've talked about this, like that for me was like my first goal. Yeah. It was like my small goal. Like, okay, yeah. that, once I get there, then I have way bigger plans. But to me, that was just like a small exactly. step in a bigger ladder of like, boom, like that where I correct. want to be. Um, you know, and like, I, I, I think people just have a misconception about like, like diamond in general. And I know right now with everything that's Diamond, Diamond's kind of, you know, there's a lot of shit going on due to, you know, what we're going through right now. But um, I think that a lot of people have a misconception that if, like you said, if you're in Diamond, like all of a sudden you made it and you're going to sell all these books. But no, because the comic book shops order the books. If you're like, you know, some from some small indie company that is not working on anything that they've ever heard of, it's not like they're going to look and be like, oh, let's just order, you know, 25 of these at, at like every shop. It's just not going to happen. Doesn't so, happen. yeah. Um, again, so that really, you know, you're your best tool to market your own products and to, um, you know, figure out how to do it, what, what works best for you. Cause it's going to be different for everybody. Of Obviously course. you found what works really well for you. And that's amazing. Um, you know, it's not going to work for everybody, but find, find your way, man. Just, just keep, keep trying and you're going to find it as long as you don't give up and you just keep trying. You'll figure it out. Understand that there's more than one path. Uh, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, diamond is part of a path. Cons are part of a path. Online is part of a path. Uh, your product your specific product is part of your path, whether because if you sell a horror book versus selling a superhero book, those are different paths. Um, you know, it, it's all different and you have to figure it out, but you can't wear blinders. You can't just look at the way it was when you were buying comics in 1998 and say that that's what the industry is now. Cause it's not, it's not remotely no, like no. that. <laughs> no, very different. Very different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about adapting and like I said, just figuring out what works for you. And I think right now is kind of the best time to figure that out because we have the time, you know, you have to- the time and you have the tools. I mean, everybody I- has a phone for the most part and, and you can push live and you can do something literally anytime you want. I mean, if you want to just broadcast yourself 24 seven on your phone, you can do it. Uh, you know, there. <laughs> there's we're, we're I mean, we live in a, in a world where basically we're all just cam girls now. And, and whenever we want to be on, we just go on and we say, look at my booty, you know, and, and that's what we do. This is, this is our life now. Look, look at Tom's booty. That's what well, I got. From it. Yeah. You know, look at, look at that one instead. Don't look at mine. Look at that one instead. Um, but okay. that's, that's, that's it. Fair. That's it. Um, so, you know, embrace what it is and, and, and chase it because the people that are ahead of the wave are the ones that succeed. The ones that are behind the wave are the ones that have to fight through it to get through to the other side. 
And that's much, much more work. Now, it, it's not that it's not work to stay ahead of it. Of course it is. You have to be constantly doing stuff and moving. But as you're constantly doing stuff and moving, it all moves. And and uh, instead of, you know, taking a half a step, you're taking two steps and two steps and two steps. And then you might take a couple back, but then it's two steps and two steps and two steps. And, right. uh, you know, you just got to keep moving. Uh, comics do not stop. The first time that you stop, that's when everyone else passes you. And that's when all of the people that were supporting you have found something else to support because you stopped. So don't, don't stop guys. Don't stop. Don't stop. Even if you're not actually putting something out like an actual physical book, just keep going, make your art, make your writing, you know, be prepared for when you are ready to make the book. Boom. There's your book. Let your people know, Hey, I'm writing something, uh, put out some samples of your writing, put up samples of your art. Um, you know, I have a Patreon now that is basically, uh, what we call the, the, the all access Patreon account, um, Mm. where you guys get looks at, uh, character designs and cover layouts and, you know, uh, pages as they come in. Um, I put some writing up there for catnip, which I'm doing, uh, the September, which is a new character. Uh, I put up some of the, the script writing there. So, uh, patreon.com backslash big dog Inc plug plug. Um, if you guys want to get in on sort of the, the back end creative side of it, um, that's where we do that on a regular basis. And, um, you know, obviously we post on Facebook and all that kind of stuff too, uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, and so on. But um, the Patreon side is is really good for the creative folks or the people that like to see things get built. You know, how did he actually build that? Where did Critter come from? Where did Catnip come from? Where did these things come from? You can watch everything kind of evolve and become a real thing uh, over time. Right. No, and... um I, like I'm going to do, I'm working on a, a short story submission for, um, I'm part of the uh, Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers, and they do several different anthologies every year. Um, this one's called uh, Marissa's Recurring Nightmares, and so I'm writing a short story for that. Um, and so what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to, I've got like, I, I wrote 1,200 words already today. So like, that's pretty good. But I'm going to say I'm going to finish it today because it can only be up to 5,000 words. I'm like, okay, I'm finishing it today. I got this. But um, I think I'm going to uh, actually read part of it online and share it with people and see what they think. Cool. um, Maybe read some of my short horror stuff from some of my books because, I mean, why not? Yeah. It should be fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's how you just connect with the people that that are supporting you. I mean, that's... That's, that's, that's the basics. Now the basics are what you're talking about. Those are the basics. Yeah. yeah it, it's fun because like, you know, as a writer, I have to come up with like creative ways because I, I can't draw, like I can't do a live draw. Nobody wants to watch me live, write Because that is going to be boring as shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the first writer that can figure out how to make writing entertaining is going to be a millionaire. Uh, as soon as somebody can figure out, Hey, I'm writing you guys. Come watch me. I know. Uh, holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yeah, it's not going to be. I, I'm one of those people. So, like, when I write, I'll, okay, like, I already have my idea. So, I sit down, I write, I get the, like, the, the, everything set up, like, manuscript format if it's prose or however it needs to be set up. And I'll do, like, one or two paragraphs and I'll get up and I'll go walk and get something to drink. Like, every couple of, like, I would say every 100 words, I get up, I walk away, and I come back to it. 
it's just a weird way that I write. Um, unless I have like a really long, like specific passage that I need to get out. Sure. I'm very fidgety. So like for me, <laughs> I can't just sit down and go, I'm going to write 5,000 words. I wrote 1200 words in like an hour, but I got up a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> like pet my dogs, you know, I got, I got some coffee. I, I just, I can't sit still. So watching me write takes, would take forever. I have to like, I, for me, it's like I write five pages and then I'm done. Like I can't, I can't mentally move past five pages. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like a, this, this, it's almost like I'm writing a story arc within five pages and I have to like finish, I have to start and finish it before I get away. But then once I get to that fifth page, it's like, Oh, I'm done, man. Uh, that's it. I'm gone. Uh, I'm not coming back to this computer for another 24 hours. Um, yeah. you know, so, but, but usually when I do those five pages, it's a good chunk of the day and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm editing myself. I'm trying to make the dialogue better and, you know, on and on and on. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of me. It's like, I feel like I did five pages. Oh, I'm, I'm spent. <laughs> I, I do my scripts like that too. I usually do them in chunks of uh, like odd numbered pages. So like, uh, like one day I'll set, like I'll do five pages. One day I'll do three. The next day I'll do like seven. Um, only because, well, as you know, like, you know, your odd pages end on like a beat. So like it's your page. Yeah. So it's a really good place to leave off. Um, you know, like if you're going to take a break in writing a script, it's a good, the odd numbered pages are good. Just it's a good place to call it quits <laughs> for the day. But I do the same thing. Um, and it makes like a 22 to 34 page script go by very easily. Yeah. You know? Well, it's almost frightening because if you're like, oh, I wrote, tw- I wrote five pages. Oh, crap. I only have 15 left. And then mm-hmm. my, my book is done. So it also kind of keeps you mentally aware of where you are in that particular issue. Because if you're just kind of stream of consciousness going, uh, all of a sudden you're going to have so much so much stuff that it's being like, Oh my God, this is like a 30 page book now. Um, so, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be aware now, maybe that doesn't matter. Like with princess versus zombies, it's going to be a 30 page book. It's, it's designed to be bigger. Um, but, uh, you know, usually your average book is 20, 24 pages at the most. And, Mm um, you know, you gotta be aware of your, your pacing and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I usually, I usually do like an outline like by page so like I know, and it's just, and it, it's the worst shorthand ever. So it, like I can understand it, but if somebody were to look at it, they'd be like, what the hell is this girl writing? Like, is she crazy? Yeah, I am a little bit, but um, <laughs> it all makes sense in here. Okay. It makes sense. And so like, I, I'll write out like what I need to get accomplished on each page, like just like a few words. Sure. And so then, and I know a lot of people draw like, They'll draw little art doodles for the panels. I don't do that. No, I don't either. Um, I trust my artists. And when they show me, you know, like when I get the art pages in, if I need anything adjusted, which I usually don't, I feel like I describe them well enough and I work with really talented artists. Like they get what I'm going for. And, but you know, it's, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah. Um, You don't want to see, no artist wants to see my shitty doodles next to my script. They don't want to see that. It's it might burn their eyes out, like looking at the Ark of the Covenant, you know, yeah. like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know there's, the, I know a number of artists that are like, yeah, I wrote my script and now I have to do all my, my layouts for them. I'm like, are you working with an artist that doesn't understand what they're doing? Because 
I understand if you have a specific scene that you want to lay out, like you really, you can see it in your head. Like I really want this to happen and get kind of funky and fancy. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But otherwise you should be able to give that to your artist and, and have them lay it out. And then from there you can say, Oh, you know what? Let's edit this panel. Let's do this a little differently. uh, Because I, I, I think it'll work better that way, but you got to let these artists do their job. I mean, you can't, I mean, listen, uh, uh, Alan Moore writes paragraphs of, of information for his panels. I mean, it's just ridiculous what he does, but (laughs) even from there, I don't believe that he lays anything out. Um, he just puts it all on the paper and says, okay, go. And then when it comes in, I'm sure he probably said, Hey, you know, Dave Gibbons, let's put Nighthawk over there and you know, whatever night owl, whatever his name is. Um, (laughs) whoever that one guy is that guy, that guy. Uh, so yeah. So, I mean, writers, writers, you should be writing visually already. You shouldn't be necessarily taking that visual step for your artist. Just write it with enough information that they can understand what's going on. Right. And I think to some people that when, when they do that as a writer, they're doing it for themselves as well to see if that works out like in their Cause sometimes like when I, I, I did like, okay, it wasn't really like, a doodle. I did like one little thing while I was writing a superhero book because I was kind of confused on how to make something comic wise happen the way I was envisioning it, like writing wise. So I kind of had to just figure out a couple of things. So I made a little doodle, but I wouldn't personally do an entire book. It was just to figure out one little scene. Sure. And I didn't the artist. It was just so that I could write it properly. No, and that I totally get. Yeah. Could understand. Yeah. yeah no, like that- what I'm saying. That I totally get. That I totally get. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've done that before. I've, I've made dumb little, almost, I don't know what you call them, storyboards just to make sure that it makes sense. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, you should be, you should be really putting that effort into the the writing itself. (laughs) Use your words. (laughs) Writers use your words. That's right. (laughs) No one needs your crappy drawings. Hey, nobody needs my stick figures. Trust me. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are getting to the end of the show. Um, why don't you tell people where to find? I mean, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the show, but uh, you know, Princesses versus Zombies is still on Kickstarter. So we're yeah, boy. Yeah, Kickstarter for another couple of weeks. Uh, just look it up. Uh, go to Kickstarter.com. Um, Princesses versus Zombies. It'll pop right up to the top. Um, yep. We are still in the top twelve of, of all comic books on, on Kickstarter right now. So we're pretty easy to find. Um, uh, also, you know, we're on Facebook doing this live, but we're also on the podcast. So if you're just listening to us, of course, you can just find me on Facebook as well. Uh, and we post the links all the time. We post updates all the time. Um, so super easy. Uh, big dog Inc. Um, is on Twitter and Instagram. So it's BDI comics for both of them. And we post updates there all the time as well. So, uh, you can, you can find us pretty easily. And then, uh, we're also, I just got 3000 books delivered from the printer for penny for your soul seven and Shahrazad. Uh, and so those kickstarters are starting to ship at the end of this week. So if you were backers for either of those, uh, start watching your mailboxes sometime next week. And I, I bagged and boarded 1,500 books last night, and that only got me halfway through. My <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, yep. That's like the least fun part of doing a Kickstarter is the, the fulfillment part where you have to put all everything all together, and then you yeah, have that, to put the packages together. It's ugh. 
See all these books? And especially, I, I do it on my own. So I don't yeah, know I if do you too. do, but I, <laughs> you do all of that on your own. Yeah. I just, I basically, I watched oh, four. And I four thought mo- I had it bad. I cannot complain anymore. <laughs> I, I watched four movies yesterday while bagging and boarding 1500 books. That was, that was how I didn't go insane. Yeah. Just well, noise. Yeah, just have some noise in the background and, 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 uh, you know, just keep powering through it. <laughs> you'll get to the end eventually. Eventually. Yes. If, yeah. By the end of your fourth movie, you'll be done. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Uh, you guys for tuning in. Um, I'll probably be doing some live readings later this week and you can check um, that out. It'll just be on my Facebook page, Stephanie Menard. You can see how to spell it right now in this video, or um, you should already know how to spell it. And if you don't, well, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We appreciate you. And um, until next time, be safe.